from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. Here's the pitch, and he swings and drives one to center field and deep. Gardner going back, looking up. Goodbye, home run, Xander Bogarts. 2 nothing Red Sox. He hit it about four rows up into the center field seats. A straight line from home plate out there. Xander's third career postseason homer. 2 nothing Boston. The 0-1. Fly ball right center field. Renfro is there and calling. He makes the catch and the Red Sox move on. The Red Sox advance to the American League Division Series against Tampa Bay and they eliminate the New York Yankees with a 6-2 win and they're mobbing each other by the pitcher's mound. Ah, uh, come on. Really? That's just good work by Chris. Bavona, you're a Yankee fan. I get being objective. You got to do work. Okay, great. Yeah, you did the call the game. This? <laughs> really? I mean, the baseball I have no season. no choice. Yeah, you do. The baseball season. He's a professional, Brian. Baseball season's over. <laughs> <laughs> I could have just made this the open. I'm going to throw up. I think I'm going to throw Don't up. throw up. Oh, nice dinner. Yeah, that would work too. All right, I, look, it's, it's uh, okay. Is it one of those things where you just know, you just know, right out of the gate, bottom first, one-two count. Cole walks a guy, bam, home run. You heard the home run, so they're they're in a ditch to start, and then it really was over. With, I mean, with Stanton. It's a towering fly ball that over the green monster, you're like, okay, it's probably a home run. But, I mean, he better than anybody should know if he got it or he didn't. But he's standing there staring at it, and it's it's not a line drive off the wall. We see those singles all the time. It's a high fly ball off the top of the wall, and he's standing on first. Are you kidding me? Now, the funny thing is, you I'm knocking him, but you can't knock him because every time he came up to the plate the entire game, the guy hit the cover off the ball. But how do you not run? Then later he hits a home run that's a home run in probably 80% of the parks, and it hits the top corner of the wall in deep left center field, and the third base coach goes brain dead and sends him home, and he's out by five yards. Give the Red Sox credit. The Red Sox did, you know, Valdi, I mean, the Red Sox did their part the Yankees, yeesh. Okay. Again, I'm not, and I, I've said this before, so you can yell at me and say your little piece because I know I'm not changing your mind. And these two teams, neither one of them, a division winner, I get it. The Dodgers, I mean, I don't care what you say to me. The Dodgers, if St. Louis beats them today, that's wrong. You got all 100-plus wins in a you know a division where you played the best team 18 times and you got other teams winning the division against crud teams and the Dodgers got to play a one off a dart game it the one game wild card baseball playoffs are great i'm in i watched that last night 
I'm not watching all these games, 162 games. I'm sitting there glued to it watching that. So my point is, why the hell, after 162 games, are you in such a hurry to get it over with? Yankees, Red Sox, best of three. You're telling me people wouldn't go ballistic? The books, they'd bet it off the chain? The TV ratings would be through the roof? And it's not because the Yankees lost. You know that's not true. You and I have been arguing about this since I've known you. What? Yeah. But what I just said about the Dodgers, you know damn well that's right. So then, It's yeah. unfair to the Dodgers. So then, so then don't have a regular season. Just, just start last year's best no, team against no, last year and we have playoffs no, for a month no, and then that argument the holds round. no water what do you mean it holds no water what do you mean don't have a regular season you're having a regular oh. season wait a minute you have to play an extra series it's not like the regular season doesn't matter these still guys have to play extra games to get to the team that the regular season mattered that they don't have to play the the first three games it don't, don't, it's, you can't just say, oh, the regular season doesn't matter if it's one game, or the regular season doesn't matter if it's a best of three. I don't understand. I mean, it's, it's moronic to me that they're in 162 games. Play four doubleheaders during the season, and the Yankees and Red Sox should be playing in New York tonight. I, I don't understand. Some of this I'm with. Like, I, I would rather uh, have a shorter regular season so you – you, you, you yes. and use the month of September for the playoffs, so you're playing playoff baseball in better weather, and and have lo- too. and have longer series. Make make the make the World Series best of nine because you have to have two different. No, seriously, well, okay. Brian, you got to have two different teams. You've got to have the fifth starter for the regular season, but then you only need in the playoffs three starters, really, maybe sure. four. So so you got two. You have to put together two different teams. Tradition does matter. I mean, the World Series is seven. I don't. I don't mind the outside the box thinking. But I just think if you play fewer games, hey, I got to do Make these guys play in the in the wild card round. Start earlier, end earlier. Make them play a best of five. Make them play more games. Now the other team could get rusty. I get it, but whatever. Hey, it's a fun discussion. Red Sox get the W. They advance. St. Louis and the Dodgers today. Jeff Sherman from the Superbook of the Westgate's our guest coming up next. Remember the good old days before. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Chris Bavona, our producer, you, you're gonna you're gonna ram this Boston thing down our throats all day, aren't you? I have no problem with it. I know Stevie's it's Stevie Slept a bobblehead day <laughs> with all the Red Sox music that's going on. I, 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 I'm not gonna ram it down your throats, but I mean I still like this song. Oh, I love the song. I love the movie. Good stuff. You know it's always good stuff when Jeff Sherman. You want cranberry play. juice? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the one when he's in the 
They're in the little uh, the grocery store deli and but whatever. The whole movie's awesome. All right, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, a treat for us to have a, t- a few minutes uh, with Jeff Sherman from the Superbook. We're going to be over in the Superbook tomorrow uh, on. Thursdays, we do the shows in the Super Bowl. Get you ready for Football Central. An incredible place to watch all the NFL games in the theater, over at the Westgate in the, the Super Bowl, and then you go back to the theater. It's an incredible atmosphere. Of course, the Super Contest, we're keeping tabs on that. All the cool things. But when we talk to Jeff Sherman, and I don't pigeonhole the guy because he's knee-deep in everything, but there is no better golf odds maker on the globe. And back-to-back weeks, Jeff. Right in our backyard, these guys are playing golf. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's great. And it's uh, and because of the back-to-back, you see the stronger field for the Shriners this week, and it's going to carry over to even a better field next week. And I'm not uh, able to make it out this week, but I got tickets for next Thursday for the uh, CJ Cup of the Summit, which is a new course for these guys. So that should be interesting, too. I, well, I won't name, they're not name-dropping, but I've actually had the good fortune uh, to play Summit twice. And I the question I would pose to you, because maybe we'll loop around and get you again next week if your schedule permits, we have a track record for the TPC event. We want to focus on that now. But what do you do with a brand-new course, Summit, that basically no, I mean, hardly anybody's seen it? Colin Morikawa trains out of there. Uh, other than that, no, it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's a, it's a Fazio course, I believe. I believe. Anyway, it's unbelievable. How do you make numbers on a course you've never seen, they've never seen? Well, a lot of it is going to be involved with just the current form aspect and obviously not the course form, but then we'll read up more about the course and and see who it favors and how it's laid out. And a lot of that information will come out Monday. So the early odds will just be based on, you'll see almost generic uh, current form odds. And then They'll get tightened up, and you'll see market movement maybe Monday afternoon into Tuesday, and a lot of it's settled on Tuesday. But like you mentioned, Morikawa, that's the one aspect that everyone's going to know going in is his odds will be shorter than what they would have been anywhere else because he's got that extra time that he's played there and has that course knowledge. Would you be prone to, let's say, not put a a winning score up because there's so many questions, or would you – do your due diligence, try to get the work, and put up what you believe is a reasonable number. It'd be hard to say. I mean, I, I like I said, I've played TPC. I've played Summit, and we know the TPC course. They're always shooting in the you know low to mid or low 20s, mid 20s for this event. Next week, I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't think it's anywhere near that high. Yeah, no, it's easy this week. You know, we got the winning score for 261.5 and taking action on that. But when we get to next week, you know, we'll just come up with a number we think is competitive and how we, we book it differently on a new course like that. So, you know, we've taken some over money over 261 and a half this week, and I moved it to over 20, over $1.30 on the price. But next week when there's a, a new course involved, we'll be we'll tend to move the number more. So if it was 261 and a half next week, I would have moved to 262 and a half if they bet over instead of just moving the price. All right. No, very interesting. So this event – for many, many years, the event in Las Vegas, like you saw last week, Sanderson Farms. I mean, I, honestly, of the guys that played in that tournament last week, and once you certainly got to the weekend, there was no doubt you're sitting there going, Sam Burns is the best player that's, that's in contention all weekend long. And he mowed him down and got the win. The tournament at TPC in Vegas for many years, the field was not all that great. 
But now that these are full FedEx Cup point events and you throw next week's event in here, yikes, look at the quality of the field. Yeah, it's going to be one of the best of the fall season outside of something like the CJ Cup or the Zozo. But for all the tournaments that we're used to seeing on the calendar, it's definitely stepped up, and it's really nice to see. And, you know, we have the favorites starting at 20-1, to 1, and that still shows how wide open it is, but wide open with strong golfers. So you're getting some nice prices on some, some good golfers with a Hovland starting at 20-1. to 1. I'm looking at this, Jeff. Is this – I mean, this is one of the – in terms of it being wide open. But how often are you putting something up like this where Victor Hovland's 20 – Kepka 25, Scheffler, answer. You got a boatload of guys at 20, but the favorite, are we sitting here staring at 20 to 1? That's like the most inflated number I've seen for a favorite in a PGA event in a long time. Yeah, usually you see that with something like the Sanderson, what we saw with Sam Burns being 18 to 1 last week, but a field that doesn't have that type of strength and any one of those lesser guys can win it. But uh, but the, the quality of depth here at the top, it just ends up coming out to that with uh, a lot of guys in the 25 to one range, because you can't warrant them being 14, 16 to one. You go deeper down this field. You see someone like Rasmus Hogard coming over from Europe at 125 to one. He's a lot less on the European tour. He, you find him maybe 40 to one over there. So it just shows you the depth and the quality of the field this week. I'm curious, you know, like this event, it's the course. If they, Grew the rough and got snarky pin placements, and if the wind kicks up, believe me, these guys could be shooting 10, 11 under par. It's never the case here. Uh, it turns into kind of a glorified putting tournament where birdies are expected. In, in your estimation, does that make it that the long shots are way more in play? I mean, like almost anybody. I mean, I yeah, you could look at a guy like Sebastian Munoz at 125 to 1. Somebody gets hot with a flat stick in this tournament, and... You look at some of the past winners, yeah, Cantley and Simpson and some named players have won here, but there's been some wild winners too. Oh, there's no doubt, and you can find that. You go back and look a few years ago, Smiley Kaufman, who can't even play golf right now. And You go down the list, and you are you can find long shots that come into play. Martin Laird's won it a couple times here, and he's always triple digits. So um, you can go deep down, and it wouldn't surprise me to see someone in the in the triple digits win this week. Because an event is here in Vegas, Jeff, and now you got back-to-back weeks. Have you found over the years? And now everybody's got the app. I mean, they could have the you know, they could have the uh, SuperBook mobile app, and they're walking around the course, getting ready to watch a matchup. Click away. Are, are the handles on the events when in Vegas locally for you? Do you see a spike? Yeah, it's usually twice what we do on a regular weekly tour stop, and. Uh... You know, like we mentioned already with next week with the CJ Cup, I would expect that to be even larger because you're going to be getting Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, those guys out here involved in it. So um, it's definitely going to be more this week. And I think next week, even though it's only a 70 golfer field, we'll write more next week than we do this week. It's an interesting layout. I mean, it, it's there's real opportunities for these guys. For, I mean, it, it lends itself for potential big finishes with the par 5 16th. 17, I mean, my guy, we saw a guy win, win the tournament in sudden death with a hole-in-one. Uh, 18, 18 has its moments, but these guys can terrorize the back nine. Oh, yeah, no doubt, especially like you mentioned, 16. I mean, you need to score on that coming on the backside on Sunday to, to do something if you're in contention. And 
you know, even 18, it's a par four, but if you can go out there and get a birdie, that's where you can really do the damage to it because it's generally a par hole, but you can get to that birdie and, and put yourself away with that, especially getting in the clubhouse and seeing how other people react to it. Jeff Sherman from the Superbook is our guest. We're going to be over at the Westgate tomorrow. If you want to swing by, I'll have football magazines. Uh, Jay Cornegay swings by, says hi. Our buddy Andy Isco's checking in. We'll be down there doing uh, Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Vegas Hockey Island on Thursdays in the back of the Superbook. Oh, my God, we're watching golf, soccer, uh, baseball, the ponies. Come on by tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Another segment with Jeff Sherman in a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Good. Yeah, this is good. Oh no, they just counted down the end of the Yankee season. <laughs> there's, always, there's, there's always a threat. And yes, uh, hockey's a coming. Jeff Sherman does a great job on all fronts. It's amazing, isn't it, Jeff? We're into week five of the NFL. College football's racing by. NHL season starts midweek. And then two weeks, less than two weeks now, the NBA, you know college hoops is not far behind. Buddy, there are not enough any hours in the day now. What are you going to do in two weeks? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, Kaylee's going to get a little upset with me, and she'll probably help, help me with some homework. So it's <laughs> it's going to be tough. Uh, you know. But it's, it's a nice time of year. Everyone loves this when all these sports cross over like this, when you get the end of baseball, into basketball, hockey, and even college basketball. So, so much going on, so many opportunities to be involved with it. Not, not, not everyone loves it, Jeff. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot of work for guys like you and me. It, it, it is fun, though. It's, it's a it, labor of love. It, Stop it, it. it. What do you want? It, a little violin? It, 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 it is chose to challenge. That's, the challenge is a fun part, and you know, just keeping up on everything that we can and learning as we go and adjusting to new teams. So it's it's all fun. Hey, this game tonight uh, in, in baseball, Jeff. I'm I'm looking at the Cardinals uh, plus one eighty. Maybe I can find an eighty five somewhere. How's the money coming in? I imagine Dodgers and, and maybe a little bit on the over. Yeah, we we got some sharp money on the Dodgers at minus two ten. We're all the way up to Dodgers minus two forty, Cardinals plus two ten, and we've seen under money because we opened this at eight. Now we're seven and a half under twenty. So it's basically Dodgers and under, and you know predicated predicated by uh, Scherzer being on the mound. Hey, by the way, just one more footnote on the Yankees Red Sox. I mean, it's Yankees Red Sox. Standalone, nothing going on basically last night. You know, preseason hockey, preseason hoops. And then, I mean, well, I played a couple of games, I guess, but for the most part, baseball had the spotlight, and it was those two teams. How insane was the handle of the ear joint? That was great, just back and forth. I mean, a little bit more Yankee than Red Sox, but uh, it was it was well supported. I mean, even the first five innings, we put up some propositions on the game, like we did t- for tonight too, and we'll be doing going forward. So. You got so many ways to get involved with the game itself, and uh, that's what we're seeing the response. Jeff, on the football front, 
in the NFL over the years, we know who the public teams have been. Who are the new public teams? I mean, every week you sit there and you guys are looking at each other going, here they come again on these guys. I mean, who do you find yourself having decisions on a lot more than you never did before? Well, it's the usual culprits with the Chiefs and Buccaneers, but your Bills now have uh, taken center stage on that one. and We're needing pretty much against Buffalo every week, and we got a good game this week with Buffalo at Kansas City, and you've seen that line already dip below three, so quite a bit of support for Buffalo. Believe me, I'm... It's a monster game. I, I've said this because I have no life, and this, I, I watch these guys all the time. This is week five. If the Bills win this game, they have a three-game lead on the Chiefs. A three-game lead. I mean, the home field, I'm telling you, the home field advantage is probably Buffalo's. I know the Chargers and whatever down the road. They live in the AFC East. There's nothing there. There's nothing there that can slow them down. If they get a three-game lead on the Chiefs, they probably have home field advantage. That being said, and I'm very hopeful and optimistic but I'm looking at the you, – you're sitting there looking at the Chiefs less than a field goal at home? I mean, how are people not salivating over that? I love the Bills, but, like, come on. I mean, the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. The Bills have to, still haven't found a way to beat them. Yeah, well, we opened this game on a look-ahead a couple weeks ago. Uh, Chiefs minus four and saw sharp money take plus four, plus three and a half. And now they're even grabbing if you're at three flat, they'll take that. So, you know, the Sharps are involved on the Bills' side, so they're keeping the market afloat at two and a half and – you know, we're sitting at Chiefs minus three even. We still think it should be a form of three, but there's plenty of Bill support out there. That advanced market is such a cool thing. Like, I was sitting there staring, okay, wait a minute. Denver's playing Baltimore. Pittsburgh's so-so. Pittsburgh's playing Green Bay. Baltimore beats Denver. You know, you're doing that. You're going, Denver's favorite at Pittsburgh? Wait a minute. You know, by, by the end of tonight, Pittsburgh's going to be the favorite in this game. So, you know, you bet Pittsburgh before the games are ever played on Sunday. I mean... It's so much fun, uh, and the opportunities are plentiful with the advanced market. But to your point, how the Sharps or people are paying attention to that, Sunday morning as the games were leading up to kickoff that Bills game, it went from four to down to three and a half. before the, And the Bills are playing in Houston. Like, well, what do you think is going to happen? But money was servicing. There's more money bet on the Bills for next week, the morning leading up to the game. People are paying attention to that advanced market. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, and we pay a lot of attention to it, too, because when we put these up, let's give an example of next week. We've got, on Monday night, we got the Bills at the Titans, and we opened the Bills minus 2.5, and, and we already took sharp money minus 2.5, so we're at 3 minus 20 on it. And that can help guide us when we're putting up the lines come this Sunday after what we see for the results take place. It strengthens our lines that way where – we have a stronger line that we're taking a lot more money on that week, and it's helped shape by some of the sharps early on. So, you know, they have an opportunity to bet, and it helps us shape our lines at the same time. Oh, no, and it's, the cool thing is you're looking at, Stevie, the, you know, okay, the Bills. If they, Hey, they beat the Chiefs. What, you tell them that's a letdown spot the next week. You're yeah. going to Tennessee. Next week, great game. Chargers-Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore is a three-point favorite in that game. It's 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 fun, Jeff. When we do it in college, and pros are much more prone to, you know, if they get smoked, you see these teams with professional pride bounce back. But I don't care who they are at any level. There are letdowns, and there are look-ahead spots. Yeah, there always are. And, and one thing that we try to do is when we're making our lines come Sunday for the next week, we try to see how the look-ahead line we had it and not – make too much of an over-adjustment because we put stock in these numbers that we had. 
the power rating and you make some slight tweaks to it, but sometimes you see a game go from seven down to three and it might be an over adjustment, but then on game day, you see the sharps get involved and get that line bet back to closer to what we had it the previous week. So, you know, it, it helps us with making our proper adjustments and not overreacting to what we just saw. I, I'm trying to think how to say that. It's not that I haven't gotten a great answer. I've just gotten a lot of different answers. And then maybe you pull them all together. But, Jeff, you've been doing this a lot of years. It's been four, five years now, maybe about that, max. We're one week to the next based on results, and now it gets exacerbated because we have these advanced lines. But you had never seen the kind of adjustments being made based on one Sunday's result. Here's the opening number for the next week. And I'm not saying you guys are wrong because the market bears it out. So it's more the betting market. But it's it's unbelievable. It's almost like, well, wait a minute. Their power ratings got moved two and a half points, and these guys went three points the other way. Why Why did this happen in the last five years that there have been so many more bigger reactions to games that are played for subsequent openers. That's just how, that's just how the, the betting public views things and they get involved with what they saw last and most recent. And, you know, we have to account for that, but we try not to over account for it. And I think the, one of the best opportunities to bet the NFL all year is after week one, the adjustments made to week two are usually over adjustments by the betting public, the general public. And if you go against the overreaction, I think you can do well in week two. And by this point in the season, a lot of things are, there's a lot more knowns and certainties, less uncertainty. Um, So it's a little bit more difficult, but I think week one to week two, you can go against those overreactions and probably do well each year at that stuff. So, you know, we just, we have to incorporate what the betting public sees last because that's the way they bet. I was thinking that was going to be your answer, Jeff. And is it also because the betting public population has grown? There, 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 are, there are more people wagering on sports today than there were five, six years ago. And so that betting public now has more say because there's more of them? Well, there's no doubt because you look at us, we're right now in the Colorado and, and New Jersey market. So we have these look ahead lines for week six up there, and we take sharp action in those markets too. So you're getting more people, more involved, more opportunities, and just more ways to book these games. So um, there's no doubt that it, it has an increased reach in audience. Well, I'll tell you one. is Houston is a dumpster fire, but the Davis Mills kid, I almost feel bad for him. But when Tyrod Taylor comes back, Jeff, he can play. He can play. And... They're going to pull off a couple of upsets. I mean, there are dogs breakfast right now. He's not going to play this week. So yet now you're asking a rookie quarterback to go on the road and cover a balloon number. But once Tyrod Taylor comes back, everybody's saying, oh, my God, it's one of the worst teams in the history of football. All of a sudden, the Texans are going to be serviceable. I mean, what's the drop-off Tyrod Taylor to Davis Mills? Yeah, the funny thing is we're, we've been talking about this recently, and basically uh, Tyrod Taylor and Aaron Rodgers are the two most important quarterbacks in football to the point spread right now. I mean, Amazing. You, it is. It's about a seven-point difference between Taylor and Mills, and it's that important because of the difference between the starter and the backup. And, you know, you can go through this and say Brady and all these other guys, but, you know, right Tyrod up there with Rodgers, Taylor. Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor is one of the highest-rated differences. 
That's a classic. I mean, but it, it, honest to God, I mean, if you watch that game last week, the kid, they couldn't get a first down. I mean, they could have lost that game 70 to nothing. Their defense played their heart out and lost 40 nothing. You know, but when Taylor comes back, you watch, they'll pull off some upset as a 10 point sure. dog. All right. Jeff Sherman from the Superbook. You ready for hockey, bud? Can't wait. Next Tuesday, we're going opening night against Seattle. So we're looking forward to that one. All right. And you got the little one. I mean, her hockey vocabulary is expanding. Oh, there's no doubt. She's been watching the <laughs> night's preseason games, so she's all involved with it. I know you're busy. I'll check with you, but would love to get your take on the event next week at the Summit. We'll see what your schedule looks like. I'll be over at the Superbook tomorrow. I know you got the day off. We'd really appreciate you taking time today, Jeff. Always a treat. All right. Thanks, guys. Coming right back to Vegas, Series 204 of the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Verdict is in <laughs> in Chicago. What you got? Well, Matt Nagy just said that Justin Fields as he started going forward Hello. for the Chicago Bears. You knew that was going to happen. You no. promised Dalton, blah blah blah, whatever at the beginning. I mean, and then he got hurt. Right. It well, had you, to happen. You, at you some might time. as well get to work on it because you're not trying to score. Well, a he may give you just as good a chance. You know, you got to get his feet wet. And every rep, every snap, everything matters. So, yeah, you're not you're, – we're going into week five. You're not – it's not that this season is lost, but you got to get on with it. Get Everything that will matter gets him up to speed. And come on, right? Your eye is on the future. That doesn't mean you can't, you know, win some games, hang around, you know, be in contention maybe for a wild card. Who knows how things shake out. But it's a big picture deal. Get on with it. Yeah, no, no it's fine. But it, it also is an opportunity for me to fade the Chicago Bears uh, with, with fields. We, we, we saw some turnovers and some mistakes, and that comes with a, with a, you know, a young quarterback. But wouldn't so. you be, and I get it, but I, I would, I'm not saying buyer beware, but the cautionary tale would be, what does he look like in a month? What I'm, I'm just saying right now. Right now, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to fade him right now. We'll see and we'll see what happens. Now remember, you know, Mac is nicked up on defense. That that hurts them there, and their number one running back is out the next three to five weeks. So there are issues there in Chicago. The one thing I would say, I don't think the Raiders' defense is a bunch of world beaters, but they can put a lot of pressure on you. But with he, you know, their pass rush is good, but he can make plays with his feet. And if he gets out of the pocket, he's going to have some opportunities downfield. That's true. So I look. That's true. I do. It's moderately interesting. But see here now, I'm not. Plus, you're getting the Raiders. Yeah, short, I'm sure we. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I think I've made it pretty clear. I'm, I'm not in love with the Raiders this year. But in this spot, the Raiders coming off the loss 
And Chicago off the win, you know, people tend to react the other way and bet teams, bet against teams that have lost and bet with teams. And I, I go the other way. I'm looking for spots where I, I want a team to rebound and, uh, and, and I want a team off a win. I'm going right. to be fading. Well, let me just, I'm doing the, the quick survey here. Survey says, okay, you beat the Ravens in the opener. All right. Crazy, bizarre game. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't forget. That's the first game at Allegiant Stadium with fans. Mm-hmm. That, that's a game where you got you, you, you want to. That's a big deal. Ravens sure. almost got them. Maybe mm-hmm. should have got them. All right, good for them to go to Pittsburgh. They win. Pittsburgh's flawed. Doesn't matter. Co- you, you, you're you, right. All right. Then your life and death to beat the Dolphins, who are atrocious at the moment. Yeah. And then you're down twenty-one nothing to the Chargers. The good thing for the Raiders, and I give them full marks for fighting back. Correct. Didn't roll over. But they they dug themselves a crater. They couldn't get out of it. The Bears, you lose to the Rams, and everybody yeah, the overreaction there. Everybody, everyone nuts about the Rams. Like you know, put them in the Super Bowl. I do like the Rams this week though. But I think there was like, okay, calm down. They're really good. I, mean, I don't know. Everybody was like going nuts about the Rams, right? Yeah, they were overreaction. They're they're a good team, right. but an overreaction. All right. They beat the Bengals 2017. Bengals 3-1. and one. Decent, right? Mm-hmm. Got smoked at the Browns. Browns are a good team, right? Yes. Yes, they are. All right. And then they, be, they beat Detroit by 10. I, strength of schedule, to me, is like maybe slightly in Chicago's favor. Slightly. I, I, I just, I, I, and that number's down to 5.5. So there's something about both head coaches in this game that I don't like. Nagy feels like he's all over the place to me right now. I, I, I'm not sure what happened there. It's kind of a McCarthy deal where really good offensive coordinator in Kansas City. He goes to Chicago. I thought the first year, the first two years in Chicago, pretty good. And, and I don't know what's happened since, but he had to be. And, and like I say, they, they, they have some nicks now. You, you know, Montgomery's down. Um, Fields is in there because Dalton can't go right now, and and Mac is not a hundred percent on the uh, on the on the defensive side of the ball. All teams are prone to having really bad days, right? I mean, the Packers, how bad did they look? Sure. All right. I, I mean, the the people are like oh Steelers built beat the Bills, and I'm like, my God, I watched that game. I'm like, what are they doing? And when it's like. But the Pittsburgh was this world beater. I'm going, they did nothing. They couldn't do anything. The Bills beat themselves. But with all teams, they're prone to good days and bad days. The thing is, the challenge is finding the the consistent teams, the teams that are consistently who you think they are and what they're going to bring to the table. Yeah. But then you're trying to identify the, you know, we're always looking at, with COVID, right? We've seen all these charts. You know the up. You're, you're looking for the 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 not the big ebbs and flows. There are teams that are up there. They're like sky high one week, and they're a dumpster fire the next. It's trying to identify who are the consistent ones because honestly, there are going to be big upsets. That a lot of this stuff, you have to be Doctor Phil. <laughs> I mean, you're just literally going situationally. What's the deal? Or they they got a stone in their shoe. Uh, you know, so they're going to play hard because, okay, I'm like making up a reason why they're going to play good. 
you know, I think the, the safest thing to me, you're trying to find things that are consistent in nature, even in your handicapping. And to me, one of the best things you can do, and we found tons of opportunities here through four weeks, who have they been playing? You know, the company you keep, and you, then, you're, then you'd go and you look and go, well, they hung in with a really good team, uh, and they, well, they barely beat a bad team. But, okay, they turned it over. They lost the turnover battle three. But you're trying to find edges. And to me, one of the biggest edges you can find is the company that these teams have been keeping. It's only one element, but it, to me, it's one of the biggest. No, over a season, I think that's true, Brian. That That's a really good judge of how good a team is, you know, going forward. I, I'm looking for spots week to week. So, like, you were just talking with Jeff about letdowns and and uh, and look aheads and, and and those kind of things I, I i try to find those spots every every game every week is a snowflake right brian it doesn't matter how good or bad a team is on that week they can either win or lose that game no matter how good or or, or, or bad they are so, and i again you know I, I i hate having to put the caveat on it because i think they're going to get I, I personally i'd be thrilled uh if the bills beat the chiefs this week I mean, come on, the Chiefs are laying two and a half. They still have to find a way to beat them. The one that matters is that they're down the road if they play. But that, but I keep bringing this, I say this, and people go, oh, listen to this guy. If the Bills won the game this week, they have a three-game lead specifically over Kansas City. They'd have a two-game lead, have the head-to-head. They literally have a three-game lead. Chiefs aren't catching them. They're not. I know that what the Chargers and the Bengals are now and the Broncos and but the big picture, I'm sitting there going, if the Bills win this game, I mean this in week five, unless Allen or the, the train truck or a boatload of injuries, right? Mm-hmm. The Bills will have home field advantage in the playoffs. And the reason I say that is the company you keep. They're in the AFC East, right. Stevie. I watched this for how many years with the Patriots? Right. Okay? The Bills swept the division last year. You tell me, are the Dolphins, Jets, or Patriots – in the remaining five games they've got to play in the division, do you see any one of those teams beating the Bills? Those should all be W's for They for should Buffalo. be. Yep. So it, it's, yes, they're good, but it's also who are they going to play and where they reside. No, you're correct. I mean, I mean as great as pa- uh, Brady is in the, all the things the Patriots did, every year those guys had to play two games right. and played at home. Yeah. Because they were in a dumpster fire of a division. See, that's a bigger picture thing, though. That, that, that's something where I would bet on the, the Bills to win that division or to win the AFC based on the fact that I know that they're going to be in the playoffs, right, because of what the, a division they're playing in. But this one game, last year you had to go to Kansas City. Now, you, now you're going to say, come on in, fellas. Yeah, I, I get January it. In, in Orchard Park. I, I I get I get it's all that. Just week five, though. I, I get all that. I I can't. This is. I'm gonna stay away from this because there is a part of me that really wants to lay the two and a half with Kansas City. I'm getting Kansas City, and I only got to lay two and a half. You know what I mean? Well, when we talk about the overreaction, like I I watch every snap. I mean, I I swear. I I mean, I know the Bills as good as anybody on the planet. I mean that. And. Kansas City's laying two and a half. I, I can't get around that. Yeah. But I and I'm I'm wondering, Kansas City's defense is struggling at the moment, right? right? Yeah. 
But uh, to me, they're still the guy. They're still the man. Correct. They're still the man. Correct. You've got to find a way to beat them. Yeah. You, you know what? It, that reminds me of tonight's game. Now, it, Jeff Sherman told me that the Dodgers are up to like 220 now. I'm going to look at plus one and a half plus money with St. Louis. St. Louis, Wainwright, come on. I'm getting Wainwright plus a run and a half plus money. I'm tempted. I mean, I mean, and honestly, in, in a one-off, yeah. I mean, well, I'll put it this way. Sure as hell ain't laying two bucks. Right. I'm thinking... It's lower scoring. I like the under. I like the under. Joe West behind the plate. I but you. I like the under. You sent me that text that would enhance the belief. I think that's of the options that are there. Yeah. I mean, hey, the plus price is attractive. Well, and yeah, I know they had this unbelievable winning streak. Well, you know what? All good things come to an end. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do both. I I, I have the under, and, and I'm gonna play it. I, I I'm I'm kicking myself again. I've said forever, underdogs in the playoffs. It doesn't matter what sport. You look at the underdog first in playoff games. It, it just comes in far too often. So we know the American League, right? Mm-hmm. White Sox, Houston. Right. Boston, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Man, total seven and a half, Boston, Tampa Bay. I don't know about that one. Uh, what do you make of that? The White Sox in Houston. I mean, can you imagine Houston goes on a tootsie roll again? I mean, is does buzz, does buzzer gate come back to the fray? Could happen. Again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to stick with this now. Uh, underdogs and under, so I'm going to have the White Sox in in, uh, in game one. Did you know you know what I'm stoked about? We're going to get the. Uh, we're going to get some afternoon games. We're going to get the day-night doubleheaders. Those will be fun. That's Absolutely. That's the one thing when you get into the divisional round. I, I like the doubleheader aspect. I'm bitter. You know, the team I'd like to watch isn't playing, but I'll be watching. I was being an idiot before. No, no, you, it's, it is fun. You, you've got games going all day long. You, it's uh, it, it's kind of like the NC2A tournament. You, you, one game to the next game to the next game. By the way, well, not so much Houston, but... Yeah. Can we get those after those late afternoon games in the next week or so? Yeah. Don't forget the shade in the first right, three yeah, innings. No. It makes a huge difference. Shadows. Good luck picking up the curveball, boys. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Hour number two, Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com is going to join us. Talking college football in the NFL. We will take you to the top of the hour after a brief respite. We invite you to keep it here. Sirius 204, the Sports Good Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. By the way, I hope your enthusiasm comes back soon. Good. Although I'll miss the wife. I thought she was good. That, I, I, I was late to the party on that. 
during the pandemic, man, I caught up. I, I, I that show's hilarious. <laughs> he, he's so it's so uncomfortable. Yes, this guy. You know, that's the uh, word. He, he's, we're old guys. He's the male version of like Lucille Ball back in the day. Like she would get herself in all right. these cool yeah. pickles and things. Mocha Joe, <laughs> that's the, the Mocha Joe rivalry's got to continue. All right, so a couple of news and notes. Stephon Gilmore, not with the Patriots, they couldn't come to a contract agreement, so they trade him for a sixth-round pick, goes to Carolina. Awfully cheap for a really good, he's an all-pro cornerback, right? Yeah, well, I don't have the cap number in front of me, but I know, I believe he signed for, I think it was $13 million a year. He's a lockdown corner. Uh, so that's the thing when you sign these big deals in football, you never get to the back end of them. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Smith with the Cowboys. Right, right, right. They I, cut him. I, uh, yeah. So, I'd lo- I, there's got to be a backstory there. And, and, and do you think it's Jeff's dollars? I, I just, I just wonder. He's the, the guy's never missed a game. I, I, I um, and and then Carolina, this. I know they had injuries there. It it also gives me a feeling of, of pushing the chips to the middle of the table. Like they're off to a good start. We're we're we are now all in. We are we feel like we're going places. Well, the Jalen Smith thing, I think, part and parcel is the arrival of, you know, Micah Parsons, who can be that. Like I think Smith was, he runs around. He's, he's all over the field. You can't yeah. not see him, but he's using that speed because I think he was out of position. They got Parsons. That was part of that. So we have hour number two. A lot more football talk to come. Mark Lawrence is going to join us. Playbook Sports. We'll talk college football, the NFL. Always great thanks to our beloved producer, Chris Bavoni, in spite of all the Boston-themed music today. It was fantastic. Stevie apparently will be with me in hour number two. <laughs> we'll be right back to Vegas. You want to hug it out? No, not really. Let's hug it out. 